Hello, welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre podcast. I'm Alice Arnold. This week's guest is Laura Pitt Fulford, who is currently performing in the musical Falsettos at the Other Palace. Welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre podcast. My guest this week is Laura Pitt-Pulford, who's had a roundabout journey to get to the studio here. You've been to... Been to Camden. Been to Camden. Cool Camden. <laughs> so you deserve for this a cake. I famously do give my guests cake. No. They're, yes, and these are very pretty um, because they have not been dropped or anything. Oh, you can choose Oh, my goodness. Those. I wish everyone could see these. These are um, Gemma's cupcakes. They there are, are amazing. Two, two of them are... Um, S'mores. Do you know what a s'more is? No. Nope. It's, it's an American thing because I used to teach in camps there and I remember the kids made them. Digestive biscuit, marshmallow and, and ch- Hershey's chocolate. <laughs> so that's that one. And the other one is cookie dough. Oh, and I'm you going can cookie choose. dough. Are you going? Are yeah. you not going s'more? Well, I might try some more afterwards. But I might, right, I might just okay. sit up there when I'm done. There you go. Good. I'm not going to fit um, into my wedding dress, am I? Well, no, no we've got to talk about your wedding. I know, so, I know. <laughs> well, let, shall, we, shall we do quickly, let's talk about the show, and then we'll talk <laughs> yeah, about your yeah, wedding, because I, I know what you'll be more excited about. <laughs> I know, not, isn't that terrible? Not that you're not excited about the show, obviously, <laughs> which I saw last week on the opening night, which is falsetto. Brilliant, yes. That's at the other yes. palace. And I know this show, well, I knew the first half of this show, every single word of it, because I saw a production of it and it must have been an amateur production because I don't think it's been done professionally in the UK for a very long time. I saw it at the Edinburgh Festival and I'm going to guess it was like 1980, in the 80s, before okay. this, the second part of the show was written. So that actually. would have been March of the Falsettos. March of the Falsettos. Wow. So I knew it. Father to son, I for one. Would I, you could I, come and understudy all could, of us. Or every part. I'd love that. I could. <laughs> I could do that. Um, had you heard of Falsetto before? Nope. No. Absolutely. I, no, that's a lie. I'd heard of the title and I knew a couple of the songs, but that was literally it. Um, I knew nothing more. So when I went to the audition, I did what I usually do and research it as much as I can and find out and I thought oh yeah she this character sounds really interesting it's just it's a fascinating story because it's very human and um and the characters are so well detailed and they all go on very individual journeys um so that's always really exciting to play because originally it was, as I say, I, I knew March of the Falsettos, and it was a trilogy, I think, wasn't That's there? Right, and Falsetto yeah. Land. And, wrong and, Trousers. Yes, Wrong Trousers, March of the Falsettos, and Falsetto Land. Was That's that exactly that? It, And yeah. now it's Falsettos. Order, yeah. And so it's it's set, well, it's set in, in the 80s and 90s yeah. against the backdrop, really, of the AIDS crisis. Yeah. And, Second half 80s, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because it is a nostalgic piece in a way that, you know, in those days, AIDS killed you. Now, mm. HIV does not kill you. You take one pill a day and yeah. and you're fine. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I wondered what the reason was for, for bringing that back and what you think it says. Well, I think it's interesting because the first half is, is set in 1979. And in the interval, we we sort of pass two years and you come back and then you meet us and it's... Um, 81 Um, and so it's quite fascinating the difference in act one of how sort of there was more it felt the freedom and things were moving on and then suddenly you come in act two and we are dealing with this the AIDS crisis what's amazing is that 
so many people I don't think realise how severe it was at the time. I didn't even until I started to research it for this project and saw some of the most unbelievably upsetting images and, you know, what it was. to. This came along, they, at first they, they thought it was a cancer and mm-hmm. um, they didn't know what it was. And we have a song in Act Two which is called Something Bad Is Happening. And it's, it's a song that is it's sung by the doctor and female doctor and she's saying this thing is attacking these men and um, it's, it's harrowing. So throughout too, we sort of learn more about that. But I think it's something that we know happened now, but maybe we don't, we, some of us didn't live through it. We had an old chap the other day sat on the front row um, with his partner and it was so moving because he was at an age that he would have lived through it and, and experienced it and maybe lost a lot of friends to it, who knows. But um, it was incredibly moving to see how it affected him, the piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose anybody under 50 really was, didn't live through it in, in the same way yeah. that those of us went into our 50s did mm. and, um, and do remember that and yeah. remember people losing their friends. And for, for older um, gay men who are coming to see it, it will have an absolute... I mean, it's, there's not a dry eye whether you live through it or not because yeah. it's, it is, it's, a, it's very traumatising, really. The it is. The second yeah. half is. Yeah, very much so. The first half, you're the only woman in the first half. Yes. yes. You're joined in the second half by some others. But yeah, it's the nice. First half, you're on, <laughs> nice and that You're on your own <laughs> yeah. and while they're sitting in the dressing room playing gat. I don't know what they're doing. Well, in the makeup, makeup too, yeah, glamming yeah. up, yeah. you know. Yeah, while well, you're working <laughs> yeah. very hard yeah. um, in the first half. And you have... The absolute standout number, um, mm. which is just an extraordinary tour de force um, <laughs> and brought the house. I mean, the night I saw it, which was the first night, I mean, that got the biggest round by, by oh. a mile. It was, it was <laughs> extraordinary. How did you sort of shape that, that piece? Because about a woman having a breakdown. Yeah, basically. I mean, it, it was actually the, the song where any time I have sort of was interviewed about the show, they'd all say in rehearsals, so what are you going to do with I'm Breaking Down, which is the title of the song. And the pressure of it was immense. Mm. So I sort of had to eradicate what it was and what it meant to everyone else and just see it as part of the show. Not just this song, which is very epic within itself, because I think you can get so wound up about just one song that it becomes you, you put up barriers against it. So I sort of... It was a real. It's a real grower. It still does grow. It's it's a woman, and we see her through this song. Well, breaking down as she sings, and she goes through everything in her head, and and she's at the same time she's trying to prepare this meal, and and she's Trina, who's the character I play, is very good at just putting on a happy face, but underneath she is a, a broken woman, and uh, often I think people that have breakdowns are often people that look the strongest on the outside. And mm. she does that, and she does that for her son. She keeps very strong and assured, but inside this song enables the audience to see a little bit of her sort of brokenness. And um, it's epic. I mean, the song is nearly five minutes long mm-hmm. on its own. and But it, it changes every night. Sometimes I'm more angrier. Sometimes I'm more sad, or it really changes as the evenings go. Well, it was brilliant. It oh, was absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you. And so you mentioned the, the, her keeping it together for her son. Mm-hmm. And extraordinary performance by a little boy. Um, yes, I think you had Albert that night. 
Albert attack? Yes, 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 we did. There are four, yeah. aren't there? Yeah. Well, there have to be because it's not like one of those shows where a child makes an appearance and then disappears. I mean, the child is central to, to, the, to the piece, so hugely central. important, and he's... Not very old. I don't know how no, old. I think he's 11. 11, I was going to say. Yeah. They're based somewhere between, prepubescent anyway. That's right. Yeah. Um, little boy getting mm-hmm. ready for his bar mitzvah. Yeah. Um, and so how was it? So you, you had to rehearse in four of them. Yeah. So you have to do everything four times. Yes. Which, which is great because it, it eventually sinks in. Means but, you know it really well. I know it really well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's amazing is these four boys are all really, really different. Like, they're so... Oh, are they? Yeah. How they... Um, portray Jason they're all different and it's so lovely because you're you're going I'll go into work and be like well who's our Jason tonight and they'll say oh it's George or it's Elliot or Albert or James and you go okay well that that's the sort of show I'm going to have tonight and that's exciting so it really changes my relationship with Jason changes to to what who's playing him because some of them are much more vulnerable Mm -hmm. um some of them are much more stronger as as playing Jason and so it Therefore, you know, Trina, as a mother, you adapt to to that, you know, actor. And it's lovely because it keeps it fresh and new for me. Now, the writing team of this is, is William Finn and James Lapine. That's right. Yeah. And you you were in another show of theirs, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. And, which I don't know. Is that like... Is it similar to, music similar to, or um, so not at all? It is. it is actually... It's a different feel. I mean, um, Little Miss Sunshine wasn't so song heavy, um, whereas uh, Falsettos is completely sung through. So it's a different challenge in that way. Um, but the thing is, with with William Finn's music, you hear it and and you think, okay, oh yeah, no, no, that's fine. And then you start to learn it, and you just go, no, I don't, I can't make sense of this. It's really difficult to learn. But then you sort of have this breakthrough point where it all makes sense. Something clicks. And you go, well, of course he did that. Of course he wrote that. Um, and that, of course he wrote it like that. But when you're learning it, you, you're just going, this is stupid. I don't understand. Why, why, are we, why has he written that? And then it all makes sense right. once you know it. But it, it, he is, um, he's an extraordinary writer. And you know, some people also comment that he's got sort of Sondheim-esque feel about some of his writing and especially lyrics-wise. But he is, he sort of, he surprises you. And was he around? Um, he wasn't around, unfortunately. We did have a lot of conversations with James Lapine, right. um, which was great. We had um, one afternoon an incredible Skype session because he was in New York at the time and couldn't come over. Now, it's a very American show, mm-hmm. obviously, written by America. Everyone's in therapy. <laughs> I think that's that still basically kind of resonates that's today. That happens, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, um, and it's a, it's very intimate. It's it's like uh, I don't want to say the word. Well, it's like a drama, a domestic drama played yeah. out in song. It's, so it's true, not. Yeah. It there's not fancy costumes and people walking down and I mean there is a bit of dancing but it's kind of spoofy dancing. It's not within the characters. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so it, that's different from a lot of things that you've done before, presumably. Yeah, I mean, what I love about this piece is the fact that it's the characters are so strong and vivid, and it is about these people, and it's it is a story about people, humans, and it's a story about love. Essentially, that's what the story is, and and love in all its different forms, mm-hmm. in all its different ways, and um, and. I, 
there's a a brilliant song and it starts the second song in the show and it's sort of we have a prologue and then the show starts with this song called Tight Knit Family. And the character called family. See, you know it, which is <laughs> exactly that. And and it's the and it's the I mean, sort of the storyline is, you know, you, it's no spoiler either. You learn that Marvin um, leaves his wife, Trina, who I play, for another man, for his friend, Wizard. And that's what you learn from the very beginning. And he talks about Marvin, how he wants his tight-knit family, how he wants the best of both worlds. He wants his wife, Trina, to be there still. And he wants Wizard to be there. He has slightly unrealistic expectations, I would say. Very much so, I yeah. Mean, it's like, well, we're all going to live happily despite the fact that I've left you and I've gone off with yeah. you. Yeah. And quite selfish um, mm-hmm. initially. And what's amazing is throughout the piece, we see this completely change. And we see this family reform in another way, in a completely other way, which is, I think, re- very relevant to today because we're very lucky now that it's so much more accepted to have a child to have two mums or two dads. We don't, you know, it's not just a mum and a dad and mm-hmm. the kids. It's, you know, now we are... We, we accept that that's, that's how it is now. And back then we wouldn't. We wouldn't have. It would have been odd, mm. you know. And um, we're so lucky that it's not the case anymore. But we end up having this tight-knit family by the end of the show, which is just different. And But still the love is as strong as it ever was. Now, talking of tight-knit families, mm. you're about to knit your family... <sighs> I am. Tell us about so who are you marrying and where and in three weeks. Presumably <laughs> you're having weeks. a show off when that happens. I am. I am having it. It has been announced as well. So um, the okay. Saturday the 28th and the Monday after. I get married on the Sunday um, to a wonderful man called George Blagden. He's also in the business. So um, it's, it's great. It's nice to be with an actor who knows what it's like to work eight shows a week. Mm-hmm. Um and we're getting, yeah, married. And it's all been really quick. We got engaged oh, really? in June. And June, oh, that is quick. It's quick, yeah. Everyone You've organised that fast. I know. I'm really impressed Yeah, how fast we have. Although people stress me out because they say, are you sure you're okay? Are you sure you've thought of everything? And you start to go, have I? That. Is it a big do? It's about 80 people oh, outside in the woods. Um, let's hope for good weather, everybody. Oh, let's all hope goodness. for good weather on the twenty. Is it the twenty ninth of September? Ninth. Yep. Right. Yep. In the woods. In the woods. We've oh, got. Lovely. Yeah. If it rains, we are. We're okay. We've got covers for that. Right, okay. We're fine. Okay. Um, but I'm so excited. It's funny because I haven't been able to think about it. You know, my focus was on falsettos and mm. opening the show. And press night happened last Thursday, and the next morning I woke up and went, right, right. wedding, let's yeah. get ready. For, but you're going to have to wait a little while to go off on the honeymoon, aren't you? Mm, we will, yes. Mm. Unfortunately, George is away, he's filming, but we... Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he literally comes back. Oh, it is going to be one of those marriages, before. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We say I do, and then he leaves. Okay. Oh, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's um. fine. That's just, yes, how it is, unfortunately. At least we can pay for the wedding. <laughs> now... Um, you've well, you've done loads and loads of, of shows before this one. What would you pick out as your favourite? That might be impossible to answer. It's really hard. I have lots of favourites, and they're all for different reasons. Um, one of my all-time favourite shows was Sideshow, which I did, I think, maybe two, two and a half years ago. And um, it's a show about Siamese twins, real-life Siamese twins, the Hilton sisters. And I spent the whole show being attached to someone else, to a wonderful actress called Louise Dearman. And it, we know Louise. Do you? Yes. Well, well, she is just 
Absolutely. She's singing at the wedding. Is she? Oh, she's singing. Oh, what she's... Yeah. Are you allowed to say what she's... I'm not allowed to say what oh, she's no, singing. Okay. No, or George will kill me. Okay, so I won't. okay. But we... It was just amazing, that show, because being... The, the art of compromise was sort of the main part of that, cause, and which would have been their lives, you know, their whole life would have been based on compromise. And it was very moving to play every night and work so closely with someone else. And something I'd never done and experienced that I don't think I'll probably ever have again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite rare. So that was amazing. Um, um, would, what would you like... Have you got a show that you've always thought, oh, God, I'd love to do that. I hope they bring back a production of that oh, and I can play that part. There's so there? many. There's so many. Um, I'd love to do Sunday in the Park with George, mm-hmm. but that's happening over here very soon. Is it? Not with me. <laughs> Which oh. is fine. They're well, bringing over from Broadway. Um, I really, I honestly have forgotten the name of who's doing it, but she's supposed to is be. Is she American then? Yes. Oh, because that's the thing. You can do one of these equity exchange things. Is she on an equity exchange? Thing? Maybe. Like the ones in Avita? Maybe. Regent's yes. Park, you see. I They're think all so. in a swapsies thing. Yeah. But so, she's supposed to be incredible and she's coming over with Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, she better be incredible because if not, why wouldn't you have you? I know. <laughs> so I'll book to see it. Um, so that's one. And um, I'd like to do a bit more television mm. as well. That's something I'd like to do a bit more of. I've sort of dabbled in that. Do you enjoy that? I do. It's a completely, do It feels completely different to to the stage work. Um you don't and mind all that waiting around and it's very different. Setting up things I think you have to and, get used to that mm. for sure. But um, it's I think I like the the variety, you know, the how different it is, sort of, and it's a new set of skills almost that you have to take on because you know on stage you don't have to, you do it there and then on stage you might you know you're having to do something eight times a week and and that's mm-hmm. that alone is another skill that. And you've only got one go at it, of course. You can't say, stop yeah. it, can we do that again? Yeah, that and you've got a camera good. in your face and yes. a million other people in the room. And... Now, I did have a little look, because I like to look at people's social media. You're on Instagram. I am. Yeah, and you post all these pictures of you and with gorgeous people in very exotic locations. I presume this is just your life. Do I? Yes, you do. I really didn't know that I did you that. You do. You do. <laughs> yeah. No, you do. And I'm thinking... God, my life is so sad in it's really not. and this is your life, isn't it? Well, it's I've like, made it look much more exciting than it is. Cause that's it's the not. point of Instagram, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, everyone always tells me that I just need to stop posting about my dog. Oh, well, um, no, you don't. What dog have you got? I miss dog I've got a ones. Yorkie. Oh, you must, um, of course, post about the Yorkie He has got his own Instagram account, which is quite embarrassing. Yeah. Louis underscore Yorkie for anyone that wants to follow him. He's actually got more followers than me, which has is he? incredibly embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, He's extraordinary. Yeah. No, this is what these things that you see, we've all got diverted with, with tweeting about politics. And in the old days, it was all about funny cat videos. That's all. Thing. I am known, all my friends know me for just WhatsApping them pictures of dogs or cats in mm. peculiar situations. And that's. That's, that's pretty much it for me. That's and that's what it should be. Yeah, that's what it should. So I'm quite be. impressed that you found those interesting pictures on Instagram. I because... did find you looking very, looking glamorous in glamorous locations. Oh, I did, wow. and it must have been beaches and palm trees it's and things like that. It's all a lie. It's probably all a lie. Was it just a poster? Yeah, but I used to do in front of it. Is <laughs> yeah. that what it was? Yeah, look green at, screen. Look at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, will you get a honeymoon eventually? I think so. I think January. 
Okay. Will. Oh, He's, that's a nice yeah. time to go away anyway, January. It is. Shortens yeah. the winter. Yeah, it so, absolutely. Yeah. Always need to go away. <laughs> yeah. Lots and lots of luck for September the 29th. Thank you. We shall be praying for a lovely, dry, dappled oh, sunlight please. through the woods. Everybody, And if please. not, you know it won't matter because yeah. everyone will be there having a lovely time for you anyway. Yeah, all the best and, people um, will be there yeah. celebrating it, so it's fine. Thank you. And good luck with the rest of the run of falsetto. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much. That was Laura Pitt-Pulford. And actually, that finishes our summer season of podcasts. We'll be back in the autumn with more. In the meantime, you can download the back catalogue and listen to as many as you want to. And if you like them, rate them. Thank you. (laughs) 